0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News.
1: Welcome to The Views Room, a weekly podcast from Reuters Breaking Views. I'm Jennifer Saba, and I'm here with Anthony Curry. Hello, Anthony. G'day. All right. The World Economic Forum, also known as Davos, is well underway in the Swiss Alps. The annual gathering of politicians and businessmen is an annual rite of passage, but this year the markets are shaky, trade wars are brewing, and political tensions are simmering throughout the world. On the scene in Davos, Switzerland is our Breaking Views columnist Clara Fiera Marquez. Clara, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. So, I think first things first, what, I mean, because this is every year, what about this year makes Davos interesting and what's kind of jumping out at you?
2: Well, I think it's 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 really the contrast with last year. So, if you think back to last year, we had Trump, there was uh, huge optimism, a lot of talk about synchronized growth. This year is palpably more anxious, and that's that's really on two fronts. I mean, on the one hand, there's the economy, the U.S. shutdown, which obviously means that we do not have a, a, a U.S. delegation here, We're not yeah. a sizable one, um, the slowdown in China, the trade war. When does that finish? Does it have lasting impact? And then there's also the whole issue of populism, inequality, how do we reinvent what is you know, perceived as an elite gathering for a world where this is really no longer tolerated? And, and that's made very visible to people this year by the leaders who are not here.
1: Who isn't at Davos this year that should have been or that was there last year?
2: Well, obviously, there's the US. So we're missing Donald Trump, who would have come with a, a fairly sizable delegation. So He's not here. We had Mike Pompeo by video link instead, which is pretty unusual for the World Economic Forum. They don't do a lot of video links. So probably, I guess, how tells you how important it is. But they, they, they didn't turn up and canceling reasonably late in the day. We're also missing Xi Jinping. So China hmm. has Wang Qishan here, so slightly lower grade than, than before. India is not here. So Narendra Modi, the prime minister of India, is at home solving his own problems ahead of an election. Uh, we're missing Emmanuel Macron. Uh, so quite a few people who in the past, and Vladimir Putin for that matter. So we're missing a few people who in the past have chosen to make Davos a platform.
1: Okay, so on the flip side, who is attending that has been interesting?
2: Well, the star act this year really is Jair Bolsonaro. So the newly um, newly elected mm-hmm. Newly in office um, Brazilian president, and he is the sort of known unknown—the one that people really wanted to get to see. They want to meet him. They want to meet his team. Um, and they're they're selling new Brazil, the very ambitious reforms. And he spoke yesterday um, to the the forum for the first time, and very well attended. The speech did leave a few people a little bit underwhelmed, but he's he's definitely the 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 man to see here.
0: So by by default he was he was the person to see. Who else? I mean, is uh, the the benefit of not having so many allegedly big names there this year is that you have others from uh, less well represented countries. So I think isn't there the the president or prime minister of of, um, Ethiopia there, for example?
2: Well, that's true. I mean, we do have you know sizable delegations from other countries. Indonesia, for example, in the election this year, they're really trying to promote themselves and the tech. Companies. See, these are companies that I cover on my day today, so I'm interested to see them here, really in force, um, South Africans. So that there are there are other countries that have um, taken, but we do also have, you know, the traditional leaders. Angela Merkel was here. We have Abe from Japan. So you know, it's not to say that it's completely devoid. But when we do talk to the company executives to, that are here, then they're not terribly disappointed. But actually, they can just get on with doing what they come here to do, which is to meet people, try and strike up some relationships and some deals.
0: So I mean, aside from that, is there any point to Davos? I mean, everyone turns up to a, a highly inaccessible spot and overwhelms it. It's exceptionally cold. Okay, they get to have a bit of a ski bonanza at some point and some drinks, but what else do they do? I mean, they, they just meet and greet and that's it. Or is there is there something fundamentally? Uh, different about meeting in Davos that makes it more important than having a you know, the World Bank meeting, which they could also go to more easily in, say, D.C. or whichever whichever uh, country's capital city they choose each year? I
2: don't really have an answer for that. I mean, I think it's the network effect. You know, if you think about what Davos was when it started, it was a, essentially an academic meeting. And now it's grown into this corporate bonanza. And I, I last came in 2010, some years ago, nine years ago. And it's sort of visible how much more commercial it's become. You're sort of assaulted mm-hmm. um, by the brand names everywhere, the sort of temporary structures everywhere. So, but at the same time, there's there isn't a lot of self-awareness at Davos. Let's be honest. You know, the, there's a consensus that gets repeated through the week and is overwhelmingly wrong. Um, But there is a a little bit of a sense, certainly from the companies, about the need to reinvent it and and whether there really is a place for a gathering of the 0.001 percent at at a time um, when the world is changing. But there's more. There's certainly more thought um, to that and more thought to what the role that companies can play to step into the gap left by governments. So if governments aren't tackling inequality, climate change, what should corporates be doing um, the problem is there's always a lot of talk here and, and, and slightly less action.
0: I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? If I, if I look, for example, every year before the Davos meetings, the World Economic Forum, which which organises it, comes up with its list of um, global risks, it, uh, slice and dice in various ways and yet again this year it's the leading candidates you know climate change water risk are always up there obviously this year you've got trade as well but this happens every single year and okay they had david attenborough the renowned bbc um uh uh, nature observer or or whatever the best phrase is for him um giving a good speech about you know why we've got to act now on the planet but what does that actually do i mean i I know I've, I've, i've kind of asked this already but what do these people actually achieve by having these conversations aside from, you know, uh, getting to know each other a bit better? I mean, is there anything fundamentally concrete that comes out of this, do you think, that on these kind of issues that they, they claim to care about, support and want to deal with?
2: Um, well, I would say there isn't a lot of track record of something concrete coming out of this, if we're honest. And look back over the years, we can think of corporate deals that were struck here in the corridors of Davos. But Really, a lot of sort of well-meaning, uh, not so much, really. So if you go to a panel with Prince William about my, mental health and mindfulness, what does that really change? Not very much. This is essentially a CEO's equivalent of speed dating. Uh, they come here, they see as many people as they can, people who are in different corners of the world and who are gathered here um, for this very uh, short period of time and have nothing else on their agenda but to meet as many people as possible. So, you know, in the space of an hour, you can meet the prime minister of Italy, then you can meet uh, the CEO of um, a major U.S. bank, and then you might meet a major fund manager. You know, there's so much that they can do in a short period of time. There are obviously lots of other venues, and the West themselves have tried to set up equivalents in China, Southeast Asia. They'll do one in Brazil. And they've never quite managed to achieve the network effect that they have here. Um, so, Clara, is there any one thing that kind of jumped out at you well, it's it strikes me, and and I come at Davos with very much an outsider's perspective. I cover emerging markets, you know, where where the ninety nine point nine percent of the population um, are, and and what really strikes me is that they have missed a bit of an opportunity. So they had a Davos where you did not really have large leaders sucking up the oxygen like Trump did last year. Yeah, there's there's a very negative discourse around emerging markets. It's you know it's all about Chinese slowdown, um, you know the the crash that we had in the lira, Turkey last year, Argentina, how that could happen again. So really very negative sentiment, and they had an opportunity here with Brazil and with others to really change that conversation, and that hasn't happened. Uh, so I find that a little bit uh, surprising, perhaps a little bit disappointing. Um, Uh, interesting, certainly. So yeah, we'll see how that pans out and see if the pessimism that we hear here um, will be found to be true. Because as we say, by and large, the Davos consensus is wrong. So maybe if everyone starts off the year really negatively, it might be slightly better. So do you
1: think that, that the negativity, you sort of touched upon this a little bit, um, is it causing reflection among this group of people uh, in terms of, I mean, there really is, it, it feels like a force of the haves and the have-nots, and, and every year that gets stronger. It, ha, do you, is there any sort of reckoning among this group of people about that?
2: I feel like it is a little bit different this year, because when we came after the financial crisis, we didn't have the banker parties. reduced, the bankers themselves didn't come. There was a bit of introspection among the companies, but this time it's world leaders, and I feel like perhaps that will have a bit, a bit more of a, a bit more of an impact. Having said that, as I kind of mentioned before, there is remarkably little self-awareness in in, in mm. Davos. You know, people still go to 4.0 globalization, rethinking digital economy panels. That you know, there's no word there that really <laughs> means anything, and uh, come out feeling really, really good about themselves. So. I don't know. There is at least we are talking about rethinking the the, the event and they're bringing in a lot more of civil society. Um, certainly, it's much more diverse than it was um, when I was here about a decade ago. Um, and, you know, the emerging markets are much better represented. So it, it, it is changing. But my sense is that that may not be enough.
1: Uh, So, Clara, it sounds like there isn't a lot of self-reflection and that there's probably a lot of talking points that go around Davos. And I bet there is probably one talking point every year and kind of like a consensus and everyone
2: is sort of thinking the same thing. What is it this year? Uh, That's the typical Davos thing. That's why you have this odd consensus, right? So people, there's this little bubble effect that people find something good and then they repeat it. And then because nothing actually comes out of the panels, it's all sort of the conversations that happen around and the consensus and peter does a piece every year the consensus has always been wrong so last year it was all about the only way is up and this year it seems like the only way is down and 10 people will talk to you about china without having any actual idea
0: all right clara thanks very much for that thanks for coming on enjoy the rest of your stay in davos and uh keep us up to date with what else these uh, wonderful people say to you
1: thank you very much that's our show for this week. I'd like to thank our guest, Clara Fiera Marquez. And hats off to our producers, Andrew D'Antonio and Freddie Joyner. Our final thanks go to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Check us out every day at breakingviews.com. And don't forget to tune in next week for another edition.